Amen? Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians 6. We need to get through this quickly. I don't want to cheat it, but I can't say I'll come back next week and preach it. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would guide. Lord, help us to have ears to hear. I ask in Christ's name, amen. The best shoes to stand in. The best shoes to stand in. Now, our passage this morning is simply one verse. Look at verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, in order to get this in context, because we're, we're talking first of all about the stand, the stand and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Once again, I'd like for us to go back to verse 10, pay attention to this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to once again, stand. And then like we saw a couple of weeks ago, the first word in verse 14 is stand. Now, here's why that's key. And I'm letting you know this early on. You need to, you, you need to grasp this a little bit in order to really understand what this is saying. That word stand there is a military term. It's a military term. It means this, to hold a critical position during a time of enemy attack, to hold a position. It's the, it's the, it's the picture, if you will, who, of, of a soldier under attack, and even though he's being attacked, he is not going to give an inch. He is going to hold his ground. He's going to stand. It's not the image of someone who is on the offense. That's key. It's not the picture of someone on the offense, but rather a soldier on the defense. Again, he's going to stand his ground. So bottom line, it is a defensive posture. From verse 10 on, and this is the context of this verse. It's a defensive posture, not offensive. God has given us great truth. Amen? Listen, we, we've already been talking about it. We have, we have his truth. We are in the midst of a local fellowship of what he called, called his church. We have his word. We have his salvation. I pray everyone here has that. You know Christ is your savior. And we have his blessing. 
I read again in my devotions when it came to uh, pr- the, my, the praise section in, in, in my, in, in my uh, prayer journal, the 23rd Psalm. I'm telling you. I just, I just sit back. I put my, my feet up on my desk and just sit back and think, the Lord is my shepherd. Now stop and think about that. Because of that, I shall not want. I shall not want. There is nobody, if you belong to Jesus Christ this morning, right now, you will have all you need. Spiritually speaking, and when it comes to the physical, he will take care of you. He will do it. We've got a picture back there in the foyer of people that were worshiping God and having the Lord's table out in the snow. But they were there. Why? Because they have the same shepherd. So we have all this. We've got the salvation. We have his word. Praise God, we've got the local, we've got the local church. We have his blessing. And let me tell you something. The devil wants every bit of it. Are we listening? You are not immune to the work of the wicked one. You name the name of Jesus Christ. He is after you. Don't forget it. That's what this passage is trying to tell us. Therefore, we are looking now, okay, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If it's a defensive posture, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. We're going to find out. First of all, the shoes. A Roman soldier's shoes were really important. You know this. How many of you have ever had a blister on your foot? I mean, you just, it's hard to get places. You have the situation where you have your feet on, your, your shoes, you always got your feet on, but your shoes on, good shoes, you're able to maneuver, hike. You know, maybe some of you, you've hiked, you've done this, you've done that. Hey, praise God, you've got it. If the shoes wind up going cattywampus on you, that's a Greek term, you're not gonna get a whole lot of places. During the Roman time, these soldiers needed to have on a good pair of shoes because there were times that they would march up to 25 miles in a day. These boots that they wore, they allowed the soldier to advance toward the enemy. They didn't have to think about it. They had good footing. They could move. They could fight. They didn't have to care where they stepped. They could just march on. In fact, in history, it shows that because of the the care that militaries would put into the shoes, that Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar pointed to the fact that the reason why they had the good shoes, these guys would go on rough terrain, they could move, they could fight, they could run. If we're going to stand against the wiles of the devil, we've got to have on the right footwear. We've got to have on the right footwear. Now, again, remember that. We can be girt about with truth. We can have on the the breastplate of righteousness. 
But if our feet start giving way, we're going over. So here's the setting for this. The Greek word for preparation here has in the classic Greek sense means a readiness, an establishment or firm foundation or a firm footing. The word, uh, the basic word is used in Titus uh, 3.1 when Paul wrote to Titus and he said this, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. You're ready, whatever it is that the Lord calls you to do. The boots, again, allowed the soldier to be ready for whatever he faced. That readiness, spiritually speaking, is what helped the apostle Paul to tell Timothy in 2 Timothy, hey, I know I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. I'm there and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Expositors says this about that word preparedness. The preparedness, the mental alacrity or eagerness with which we are inspired by the gospel with its message of peace with God is to be to us the protection and equipment which the sandals that cover the feet are to the soldier. With this, we shall be helped to face the foe with courage. Now, hang in there with me. We're gonna show what that means. The gospel gives confidence. The gospel gives stability. The gospel, if you wanna put it this way, helps you in the rugged walk. That's what it means. That's why, you know, we, we, uh, we read about missionaries. I mean, my soul, they're in dangerous territory, but because they're called of God and they have what God desires, they're there, they can do this. Feet prepared with the gospel. Now, feet prepared with the gospel does do this. It reminds us that we are to be out there giving the gospel, Micah 6, 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. You're walking out there. We go forward with that. Hebrews 12:1. wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Peter talks the very same thing, 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now, there can be a challenge in this. You think, well, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think very fast. And so I'm not very good thinking on my feet. Neither am I, neither am I. <laughs> I'm out riding this last week and I went by some Spanish people and, and I, I needed to get around them. And they, so they moved out of the way. And, and I, I, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, my wife tries to teach me this stuff. And so what did I say? You know, oh, what was it? I, I said, my response was in French and it's like, what am I doing, you know, what am I doing this for? 
All you need to remember, if but for anything else, is John 3.16. If they want to argue the point, you repeat it. The point is this. You can know we're supposed to study to show ourselves, be approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And sometimes, yes, we can freeze up. But again, that's not what this is talking about. Here is the subject. In one sense, again, the child of God must always be ready to share the gospel. That is a command. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Many of you know that. But again, Paul is not talking about sharing the gospel here. He's talking about fighting the devil. So, Listen carefully, and please go to Romans 5. Romans 5. We need to get the context of what the peace of God is. In Romans 5, verse 6, Let's start at verse six first. We read this. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. That's the key phrase in Romans, by the way. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. You see, <clears throat> that's what we have in Christ. How does Paul start that out there in Romans 5? Look at verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, not by works, we can't be saved by works, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sit on that. We have what? What's the word? It literally means with facing. We can face God. You know why? Because when he sees us, he doesn't see our sin. Our sins are blotted out. They have been paid for by Christ on the cross, his shed blood, the death, burial, and the resurrection. And now we have peace with God. God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter one, verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable 
in his sight. You catch that? That's what we have in Christ. Because of that, where we are, we have peace with God. Now listen, we're getting to it. Having our feet shed, excuse me, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, listen carefully, means that we stand in absolute confidence that God loves us, that he has forgiven us, that we are united with him, that he fights for us, and that all is well with our souls. We have peace with God. Now do you see why Satan wants to fight? He wants, he wants nothing more. He, he's lost you for eternity, but this is one thing he does want now. He wants you to lose your knowledge of that peace. He wants you to be anxious. He wants you to be riled up. He wants you to be uncertain. He wants you to lose your footing so that you wind up stumbling. Are we listening? Say amen. amen. That means when you get out there and the world starts coming at you and Satan uses them against you, we can understand this. No, my Bible is true. My God is real. He has saved me. And you know something? I will not give in. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a couple of, and I'm not going to have us turn, turn to this one, but I'm going to have us turn to another one. I love the pictures in the Old Testament that tell the stories, basically what we have in the New Testament. Remember Gideon? I love that. So here's a battle. They've, you know, they're going to they're go after they're going to go after the enemies of Israel, and the Lord calls on him. All you know, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. You look it up. The first three words out of his mouth were, "Oh my Lord." That's the truth. Listen. He thought, I need numbers. God said, no, you need me. How many did he have when he finally went to battle? How many did he have with him? Those of you, you know the story. How many? 300 against a multitude that was like the sands of the sea surrounded them? Did they have weapons of war? You know, howitzers and all that. No, they had a pitcher and they had something that could bear, carry, a, carry a flame. That's it. They broke that, showed it and shouted out, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And guess what happened? They all started, you know, panic in River City, no pun intended, Sacramento. Panic in River City and they wind up killing each other. That's all God needed. He just needed people that were willing to trust him. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 
2 Chronicles chapter 20. The people of Judah were about to be invaded by the Ammonites and Moabites. They were absolutely afraid. Now look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, and of the children of the Korhites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers, not swordsmen, singers, unto the Lord, and they and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. That doesn't sound like a, 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 an army bent on killing. It's, they're bent on praising God. Verse 22, And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were spitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, Everyone helped to destroy one another. They wound up killing each other. Why? God can do that. He had people that would trust him. He says, you praise me and I'll do your fighting for you. You know, stop and consider what we have in Christ. Why are we looking at things horizontally when we need to be looking vertically? and praising God. Like Brother Whiteside mentioned, you know, about having, you know, this is part of our worship. Right now, you know what our worship is? Trusting the word of God and the God of the word. I'm gonna believe that he can do these things. Judah experienced victory because they took God at his word. Now, having said that, would you please now go to Romans 8. Romans 8. I read this yesterday again, not for the message, but just included it. I, I, I love Romans 6, 7, and 8. But listen, listen to this, please. Look at verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? You read what's on there before, but I'm just going to start in verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, now did you hear that? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us 
all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You know the sins that you've committed in the past? God says, what sins? They're underneath the blood. Look at verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who's he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. There is no condemnation in Christ. Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As it is written, for thy, day we are, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Paul says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I encourage you to read that chapter on your own and just take it slowly. But here's the point. That's what Satan wants us to forget. If you have Christ, you have all of Christ and all that he has purchased. The question is, in our trust, are we giving him all of us? Lord, I believe sometimes is how we pray. Help thou mine unbelief. I understand that. Been there. But if we could just meditate on these passages and come to this conclusion that if there's nothing that can separate me from Christ, if there's nothing that can stop him, then you know something? We will be able to stand in the evil day. The truth that we are loved by the Lord gives us confidence to stand. Does God love you? Are you sure? Then we can stand. The truth that we are saved by his grace, that gives us confidence to stand. Not by our works, not by us being good or good enough, but because he's good. The truth that we are his children, if we've trusted Christ as our savior, if we're children of God, we can stand. Satan, who's the father of lies, he comes along and he does his dead level best to try and take our feet out by stirring up things that will wind up moving our feet. And next thing you know, those feet that are shod are not standing on the preparation of the gospel of peace. They're standing on feelings. They're standing on uncertainty. They're not standing, they're struggling. That's not our God. You know, by God's grace, we can stand. And because we stand, we can go forward from him with, for him with the gospel. Never forget that. This is how we get through the perilous times that come. We stand. And with that,